Spencer. This is the Lasso Lowdown. We give you the lowdown on all things Ted Lasso. Oh my gosh, Spencer. After a year and a half break, we are back on the Lasso Lowdown podcast feed. You and I, still alive, still very much interested in Ted Lasso. And it looks like we get season three coming up in just a couple weeks. We got the announcement like just a couple days ago. It's going to be March 3rd. I'm so excited. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm shocked. Still recovering, not really certain what to do with this. Did we have any advance notice at all, really, that this was going to be announced happening so damn quick? Not not much. Uh, no, actually, it's March 15th, isn't it? Is it March yes. 15th? I'm March 15th. checking it right now. All right, March 15th. Uh, yeah, but it's still like a month away. No, it wasn't a lot of advance notice. I do know that they filmed yeah, they it and it was, it was post-production for a really long time. And I think they just kind of had it ready and they were waiting for the right moment, considering the release schedule on over on Apple, probably looking at the release schedule of a bunch of other things. And I will say this, not a great release schedule for us. We will also be reviewing uh, succession week by week during that period over on the line of succession podcast, but podcast professionals that we are, we are committing right now to everybody listening to this podcast that we will be here with you week by week, just like we were for season two, reviewing Ted Lasso every week on the Lasso Lowdown podcast feed. I think our plan, I think the episode's going to be released on Wednesdays. I think our plan is to watch on Wednesday at 3 a.m. like every other everybody else in the East Coast, of course. We are, uh, and then do the podcast maybe Friday night and have it ready for you going into the weekend. So you'll have it, you know, to be released on a Wednesday, and you'll have our podcast going into that weekend to review, to think through everything that happened that week, to dissect it, to analyze, and to listen to Spencer's musing musings and ramblings on the subject. Spencer, <laughs> I do. I have a couple. So we watched the teaser trailer. We did. Not a lot there. They didn't really. This is this is the type of teaser trailer that Very I much don't a teaser, which I don't love, which is completely new footage mm-hmm. just for the teaser. Nothing from the show. Now, they everything I'm seeing says new season, new season, new season, not final season. End of Ted Lasso. Are you ready to bur- throw your computer through a window right now over this? I'm getting concerned. I've I've been on record. I like the show has said from the get-go that we have a three-season plan. This is a three-season arc. This is what we're going to do. The fact that they're not advertising it as final season almost certainly means that it isn't. Because every, every network, particularly Apple, would milk that to the cows come home. Because it's it's guaranteed advertising, it's guaranteed word of mouth. That, oh, it's the final season. You gotta watch that. The fact they're not leading with that now, they still could. I'm still expecting there to be like a trailer in like a week or two before the season comes out. Maybe they'll hit us with it then. Maybe they'll lean into what you said previously about oh, it's not the final season of Ted Lasso. It's just the final season of this arc. But I don't know. I'm a little worried on that point. I was kind of ex- excited about this being a tight three season experiment. You read somewhere years ago that they wanted to do three seasons and you have latched on to that dog with a bone situation. I have all ever since this blew up between season one and season two, I've been telling you this will not be they will not end it at season three. It looks like they're not going to. I'm reading the description for the season, which is included in the notes of the trailer on YouTube of the YouTube video. Mm. And it says in this third season of Ted Lasso, the newly promoted AFC Richmond faces ridicule, blah, 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 blah. That's pretty specific phrasing, right? 
than this third season of Ted Lasso. Like yeah, that's choice language. I'm pretty sure this is not the end of it. And you know, you're you're gonna dislike it. Maybe like five percent of the audience will dislike it. Most people are gonna be absolutely tickled pink. We're gonna get more Ted Lasso. And why the hell not? This doesn't seem like a particularly hard show to shoot. It doesn't seem like a particularly hard show to write. It's wildly popular. Like if any television shows are going to go eh, four, five, six seasons, would you at least grant me that sitcoms set up best for that? It does, so long as they have a plan. Because sitcoms can suffer from seasonal rot almost worse than anything else in terms of they just eventually just start treading water rather than having a direction attached to them. This is a show that has always had like seasonal plans associated with it. What's going to be the subject matter? What's going to be the focus? Season I'm two. sure they'll still have that. I'm sure they'll still have arcs. We'll see. I mean, it's it, it always been about, you know, eventually them going for the championship cup. That's what, that's been our presumption. We thought, you know, season one, they get relegated season two. They fight their way back up to the premier league season three. They go and win it all now with one of their own, now one of the rival opposite team. Maybe maybe they'll now delay that out to a certain degree. Maybe they'll go in different directions. But what, if they ultimately win the championship one of these seasons, it'll be interesting to see where they go after that. Yeah, because they, season one, relegated. Season two, promoted, right? They right. did get promoted. So now they're in the Premier new, League. They're yeah. the newly promoted AFC Richmond. They will be going up against West Ham. West Ham With our and good friend Nate, Nate is one our of the good coaches. friend Nate. Yeah, exactly. Former friend, I should say. Do you remember where all of our characters were? Because this this teaser trailer, which is in essence just everybody doing a, po- a belief poster and putting it on their locker, tells us absolutely nothing about what's going to happen in the season. But we are here a month out to start to speculate on what will happen during the season. And I want to, I want to start, well, first off, let me, let me, you, I think you have something. What, what do you have? Well, for, first thing I'll say, my actual favorite thing about the trailer, great seeing the Ted Lasso gang back. Wonderful. The show's going to start soon. Favorite thing, Frank Turner is the musical background. Excellent choice. Yeah. I still believe by Frank Turner. That was really good. It was nice to see the new actors. I will say that Roy looked fake. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what they've done with, they airbrushed him or something. He looked, I thought it was like almost like a, um, like an avatar-esque type thing they were doing there tells us absolutely nothing about the season. So I think what we can do in this podcast, which is really just introducing the new season, letting folks know we're going to be back with you week by week following Ted Lasso season three is start to pick up where we left off. It's been a year and a half, Spencer. Do you even remember where these characters are? I'm going to have to rewatch a little bit. It has been a bit. I have mostly memories situated around, you know, the final game, them getting promoted, Rebecca and Sam breaking up-ish with possibilities of return. Nate going off his own direction because his own resentment and self-doubt were now making him toxic to be around anybody else, including him, including his own damn self. Uh, Ted going to therapy, having a certain element of epiphany associated with it, but, you know, ongoing process. I've got an idea of where the characters are, but where I particularly don't know is where they will be when we start. Because last season, season two, started kind of in media rest, literally in the middle of a game with various cartoon moments associated with our good friend, the human Labrador, the human uh, golden retriever. I don't know if they'll, they'll do something similar with this season, whether we will actually start within the season itself or whether we'll be going in more fresh. I think that they are going to have Sam get with somebody a little bit more age appropriate for him. And Rebecca will be very happy. Do you for think? Him. Yeah. Rebecca will be or very happy. Do you happy think or him. do you hope? Uh, well, I mean, it, you know, if they don't, 
uh, and we have this same argument like we did on the podcast last year. I'm going to throw Leonardo DiCaprio at his 19 year old girlfriend in your face every single week. If we have to deal with 50 year old Rebecca, 19 year old Sam, I don't think we're going to have to deal with that. So folks who are ready to start your pouring in your comments, being angry with me, let's just, let's just give it a rest. Cause I don't think, I don't think they're going that route. I think they sort of ended that, that, and I think that it was good for both of those characters. Right. I think for Sam, it was fun, but it was also affirming his place on the team, affirming his place in London. I think it was just good for him, a good fling for him. I also think it was good post-divorce for Rebecca to have a little fun, live it up, you know, hell, like do your thing. <clears throat> but I think ultimately where they're going, which I have been seeing on this podcast feed forever, is a Rebecca Ted situation. And I mm-hmm. think that they have to, they had to get that sort of rebound, get that out of Rebecca's system. She did that. It was good for both characters. They leave in a healthy place. They're friends. Now Rebecca moves on to the will they, won't they. Sam Diane, I call it the Sam Diane, you can call it, or the uh, Pam Jim, will they, won't they with Ted. That's my prediction. Okay. Here's a, here's a follow-up to predictions. What is one thing more than anything else you want to happen this season? Not predict, but something that would make you happy or improve the season in your mind if you saw it. I can, start, I, can, I can start if you need a second. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. I want more soccer. I, I, felt, I, felt, I felt like soccer, football, was something that kind of fell a little bit to the wayside as they did more experimental, more very individual character-focused plot lines. Some episodes like, you know, what was it, Beard After Dark that completely went in their own very much movie well, but we were, direction. But we were, I mean, there was a whole thing about that in the Christmas episode. I feel like we have to toss those out, right? Because that was the Apple saying, you have to give me two more episodes. They weren't ready for it. I mean, that, it was a whole thing. But I feel like that season one, part of what made it really well done was that it had a very central focus and it was heavily built around the game of soccer and the playing of soccer and the experience of the playing soccer, both, both of fans and from the actual players and from the coaching staff. Season two was not as concerned about that. And in some ways, I felt like it was a little bit messier because of it, because it was so much more focused on their individual separate kind of experiences that they lacked the central licking point that the team itself offered through the game of soccer. We didn't even get to see that much of the way actual soccer played in season two, more about seeing it off camera or focusing in the locker room kind of moments. So more time actually on the pitch. That's something I would look forward to. And I think would improve season three. Okay. Yeah. I could care less about that. Um, and it's funny because we, we did start this whole podcast with me as the sports guy and I was going to provide the sports sort of part of this, but very much so. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, I think that the, the soccer can, can remain background or the football could remain background for me. I think the thing I'd like to see is Nate to come into his own. And that means failing where he's at with West Ham. It means a redemption arc with Ted. But it also means having self-respect and self-love that is not dependent upon somebody else's affirmation. Which like, has been the biggest I don't, problem for him. Exactly. Like, I mean, I, he needs to realize like this whole like tossing Ted under the bus and just evil Nate persona that that will need to go at some point. But I also don't want him in a position where he's like, I'm I, like. Okay, Nate has gotten to where we want him to go. His character art is complete, right? And it's because Rebecca and Ted and everyone accept him. I'd rather it be because Nate realizes in himself that he has innate value and that he's good and that he's worthy of love and worthy of the job that he has and worthy of the position that he has. 
that would be kind of great, I think. And I think that like coming to that would probably like help him get over Evil Nate, right? Because Evil Nate is just a manifestation of his insecurity. And so if he could he could attack that insecurity, then, then the need to be evil Nate might go away. Here's a question building off that. Do you think Nate will be any aspect of a villain this season? Or do you think he will remain or be focused on having some aspect of being sympathetic the entire way through? He's 100% a villain for the first five or six episodes. 100%. They even, they even dressed him in black, gave him different hair. <laughs> With his graying hair. He's yeah. different music when he comes on screen. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a heel. Remember, like, the mm. uh, episode 12 of our coverage, I played the NWO music because of his heel you turn? Did. Yeah, like, it's a heel. We will root against Nate. But I think that there will be a part of us that when he fails, when he gets fired from West Ham, when he is out on his own and he is soul searching and trying to figure out his life, we'll be rooting for him at that point. And then when he he gets back with hopefully gets back with AFC Richmond, it'll be in a more sustainable capacity. It'll be, hey, I I have this job. I believe I'm worthy of this job. And I you know, am able to execute it as a professional without all of this (laughs) massive insecurity that results in odd shit, like spitting at myself in the window and kissing Keely for no reason, you know, shit like that. It'll be, it'll be curious if you're right, because one of the things we've commented about for this show before is that it really hasn't spent much time on villains, on nemesis, or even antagonists to a certain degree, because like season one, we had basically Rebecca who was inherently always sympathetic and still a main character. She's the best. Hey, a question for you. How'd Rebecca look in the, uh, in the trailer? As I'm sure we will discuss episode by episode going forward. She looked great. Oh, really? Hadn't noticed. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but otherwise, what we had Rupert, who was very much a secondary character, and he wasn't really a villain for the team. More part of more as part of Rebecca's background. Uh, if anything, he had the better interests of the team at heart than Rebecca did. Season two, our villains are more like what societal, like going into you know cor- corporate backers and ra- racist tensions and um, political oppression abroad kind of focus, which really wasn't really centered as much around an individual. It's just more about outside factors from family, friends, the world, whatever else, and the stresses they put upon you. That's not really a manifested villain. So if Nate's the villain, that's going to be a very different kind of change of direction. I'll be curious to see how they work with. I mean, he'll be a villain in this current persona, but we will always recognize that there is the opportunity. I mean, this is, this is fucking Ted Lasso. Nate will be redeemed. Like, in, one, in one season, or is this the multi-season arc that you're now hoping for for more Ted Lasso? Dude, I am not, I mean, like, I think that the eight seasons in all, I think all of Hollywood needs a memo to not promise you a certain number of seasons. Like you <laughs> me, don't need not me, you, not yeah, me in particular. You, you Spencer do not need to be told it will be three seasons or four. Seasons. You don't need to be told any of that shit. Cause if they, if they course correct and they change it a little I'll bit, you'll recover. be like, never you'll recover. be like, I'm basically watching fan fiction now. And I fucking hate it. Like you're done. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That exact <laughs> conversation will occur. It's like, okay, now we're in the new Disney canon. Sure, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Oh, God. Look at that. Every podcast feed, we've taken a shot at the Disney canon. I mean, you know, you know who Keely reminds me of? Ray. She's just a new Ray. Really. <laughs> uh, look, here's yeah, a question for you now. on Keely. Keely mm-hmm. and her uh, her man, her main squeeze. Right, yes. They, uh, they didn't end in a very good place. He he springs this crazy European-esque six-week vacation on her right as she's becoming the CEO of a new company. She obviously turns that down, which, uh, God, Corey, she does. dope. Like, what was that? We, we, we both agree that was a very stupid move. However, 
No counteroffer by Keeley of I'll see you on the weekends. I'll come for one week. None of that. You should go effectively separating them for six weeks. Roy does not pick the tickets up. Where do we pick up with the state of their relationship? Knowing there's going to be a bit of a time jump, right? It'll be curious to see. Again, the amount of the time jump matters. I'd prefer a smaller one rather than a larger one just so we can spend more time in this and don't have to play, you know, catch up with it. But oh, like more seasons. I got you. That is the exact opposite of what I said, but thank you for interpreting it in a way that benefits you. Um, I'm. It, it, they very much left it at an uncertain point. They very much left it as two people kind of charting their own futures that aren't perfectly in line with each other. I was still expressing it in the last season hopes that they could better, as grown adults, that they can come to terms with this and they can work together with respect to it and hopefully just have more conversations about what they respectively need and where they can cross with cross about it. But the show's keeping its options open. This is With respect to that relationship, that was one of the big unanswered questions of whether the show was keeping its cards close to its vest. And they can kind of go any direction they want with it. I think... This isn't a show that likes to disappoint people much, to leave them unhappy, to leave them, you know, unfulfilled. So yeah. I think the fan preference would be for them to work in some shape or form. But at the same time, season two was often be trying to be increasingly experimental and try to move outside of the kind of cheer, cheer, uh, carefree cheerfulness that the season one was associated with. So I'm kind of waffling. I don't know what to expect with respect to it. I'll tell you another thing I'll be very interested to see is how they, you know, what's what's so funny about, and I think I can say the word ironic without misusing the word ironic. Miss Morris, come on. Is that so many people, Ted Lasso has become a punchline for superficial positivity um, of this sort of nouveau, uh, everybody deserves to be listened to. There's a positive at everything like this sort of course correction we've done from the Uber negative Spencer esque type things uh, mm -hmm. that, that like has become very positive, like very big in the corporate world, especially like this whole, like you get the best out of people through positivity and team building. And Ted Lasso has become to a certain extent, the face of that culturally. However, the show is named for a character, Ted Lasso, and Ted himself has this innate melancholy mm -hmm. that we see just brief periods of. So when everyone's out there saying the jokes of like, oh, yeah, well, I guess you're like the fucking guy who watches Ted Lasso, meaning you don't really see things as they are. Yeah, you just you, you you walk around superficially sort of happy and, and not seen through the Matrix, right? But when they're saying that, they're referencing a character that actually is super, has these mo in moments of intense sadness that we only get a small window into. So I say all that to say, like, I wonder if they'll continue to explore that with Ted or if they'll just allow him to come out sort of post-divorce and just sort of be happy, Ted. I would personally like to see maybe an exploration of like what is going on with Ted that includes an explanation that includes an explanation. That's not just, he got divorced. Like maybe Ted needs like ongoing therapy. Sure. Maybe, maybe Ted needs meds. Maybe Ted needs to get away from this type of work at some point. Maybe he needs to move back to America to be closer with his kids. He seems like he's got a sadness that belies the reputation of the show. Sure. I mean, as we saw in, saw in the last season, therapy was helping him because he was finally able to talk about issues that he's been carrying since he was a child with respect to the death of his dad, 
I would find it much more realistic if those aren't just, you know, solved and fixed and never discussed again off camera between seasons. I think they've they've written this now. They kind of need to explore it, stew in it, and have it reach some some aspect of a conclusion, even if it's an you know a way of saying the journey continues or the therapy continues. But it would be a damn shame if they just completely leave that done now that they've made it the key aspect of the character. Because even even season one, you know, I was talking about Sonny Ted. We saw the melancholy. We saw the stress. Yeah. We saw a certain aspect that this is a bit of a facade he puts on to help other people as part of his, you know, right. in, inherent selflessness. But it wasn't always perfectly healthy or successful for him. So I, I don't think they can pull, fully leave that behind. They've made it fundamental to the character now for multiple seasons. So, you know how, like, uh, actresses and actors who are like in the Hollywood vortex will say like, I'm going to break the internet. And then they'll like post themselves in like a G string or something. And like all yeah, it gets yeah. retweeted, gets retweeted like 200,000 times. And they think it broke the internet. Giant and really the only thing is when really the only thing that's ever broken the internet was Michael Jackson dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's, this is something that might set off, like might break the internet. Like it in, might in a positive sh- or negative. Way. It might just shut things. What if they just ended it with Ted killing himself? I'm just saying, what if they did that? What if they, what if they went there? What if they said this, this sadness that we're getting a gl- glimpses into the whole message of what you just said, which is putting on a facade of happiness for other people actually allows your depression to fester to a point that becomes extremely dangerous. Uh, I will put money down right now on whatever bet you want to do that they will not do that. I know they won't do that, but I'm I saying that why say it? Well, because I it think it would uh, break the internet completely. Well, they'd well, have to I, hide. They'd have to go in. They'd have to actively go into hiding in a foreign country because people would hunt them. That is the <laughs> level of dedication that Ted Lasso fans have to their cheery, sunny, happy show to the point that season two was controversial when it came out that it didn't adhere to the season one format. It was back to tone, emotion, or character arcs and ex- exploration. If they go that form of just straight Cerberus retcon kind of conclusion to this story, yeah, they will be the most hunted people in the world, I would say. You say, you say it's not going to happen, so why say it? Because I'm proving a point. I'm, I'm, point. I'm making a point that there is more plot-wise on the table than I think the casual viewer might realize or expect. And I think that they should play with that. I don't think they should kill Ted. But I do think that they should play with the fact that, like, this guy's probably depressed. And it's probably not great to be really sad about whatever's going on in your life and to hide it from every fucking body that you see every day and put a mask on. I don't think it's controversial to say that's not healthy. No, it isn't. I think they heavily explored that in season two with respect to, we saw Ted even more, Ted wasn't, Ted didn't even feel like Ted for most of the season. He was so much just having to up the, you know, the energy, the jokingness, the silliness to, to even more and more mask his own issues that were remaining untreated and everything festering from him being away from not talking about them, whatever else. They've done this. They, they, they've established this in the aspect of something that will be explored. But where do you go next? We've seen Ted go to therapy. We've seen Ted establish an aspect of treatment. We've seen him have some progress from it. How do you keep that as part of the character while not just stewing in that exactly when you've already kind of addressed it in season two? Who's Rebecca's friend? You remember that that character? Rebecca's friend? Oh, um, yes. Yeah, that Ted hooks up with and actually that, leaves the wedding with. That's the, that's the answer. 
That's it. That's where we're going to get Ted. Okay. That's how Ted's going to settle into. God, are we, are we going to have, are we going to have a, a wedding in Ted Lasso? At some Long-term point here? relationship with her. Yeah. That's the only other character I would accept Ted with other than Rebecca. I don't know. I think it's all going toward Ted Rebecca, but I could be wrong. I mean, you know, like you don't, you don't have to just ship every main, like I get that. Like you don't have to just ship every main character. Flow. <laughs> couple. Flow. 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 I love Flow. Flow's the best. Flow is you don't, great. You don't have to just ship every main characters if they're a man and a woman, right? Like, but I do think that there have been moments they've given us that have suggested that these two get like get along in a way that like goes a little bit beyond right. the romantic. I mean, like I, I I'm saying like I think that they would actually function well as a unit, I, not just that they would have great I, sex or something. And I think the writers are very much aware of this, given the hell of a red herring they played in last season of where we all assumed that her, you know, anonymous friend on the dating app was Ted, given that they kept on focusing on Ted talking on his cell phone. I was so disappointed. And instead it was Sam. So the writers know this and they have willfully messed with us with respect to it. I don't think they can play that card many more times because, you know, again, see, we'll be hunted across time zones kind of thing. I was so disappointed when that happened. I... Although I will say I really liked season two. I liked it a lot more than you did. I, I You did. I did like season two quite a bit. I just did. I loved season one incredibly wholeheartedly. And I thought season two was possibly because they wanted to push the envelope more. I think directly because they wanted to push the envelope more, more flawed because they were experimenting. I don't think that they had as a, it, it was not as tight. It was not as carefully paced. It was not as clearly manicured as season one ultimately was. Did it result in some interesting discussion? Did it result in interesting plot lines? Could it give them some great jumping off points for season three? Sure. But it made it at times, I could see the strings a lot more apparently in season two than I could with season one. Now, that could have been the pace that they had to produce season two at. They slowed it down for season three a lot. Do you think maybe we'll get a tighter episode? I mean, or a tighter I, season? I don't think we'll get a Christmas episode or a beard, a beard after dark. Exactly. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is I, maybe maybe they'll fix some of those problems. Maybe it'll be a little bit tighter. I mean, they did spend a good solid year and a half getting this thing out um, for a show that doesn't seem all that hard to produce. I mean, you're not having to do a hundred thousand Dothraki attacking well, an army of dead men to well, film this fucking show. It's not that hard. As I said, we're going to see just an entire episodes of just nothing but nothing but football being played. So that takes a lot of effort and a lot of coordination. So, you know, obviously that explains the extra length in filming. Yeah, you're just setting, your up to, setting yourself up to be upset because you're not. it's not going to be as good as season one to you. It's not going to have enough soccer. But that's okay. That's what we do on this podcast. You get on, you say, mm, about a six. And I say, greatest thing I've ever seen. And then we have a lot of fun. And we average it in eight, which has been almost every single show we've ever watched. This is also the only podcast of the Mango Talks Podcast Network that you lead. You are the host. I Spencer. will recap. You will provide color commentary. You will provide witty anecdotes. You will provide clever jokes as time goes on. It is. It's not lost on me that the only fucking show that you're the host is the show that we get the most listens on. Not lost on me. Does hurt my feelings just a little bit, but I think it does say a lot about how the fans think about Old Spencer. It's going to be interesting to see when we were recording. We, we, we will actually be recording effectively like three different shows at the same time, different ways, because we're also going to try to get a little bit of Mandalorian in there, too. Just for you it's know, a kicks. busy spring. It's a real busy spring for Mega Pucks. There. We're, be- we're, we're best of friends. Will there be number comparison on viewers between episodes? No, no, we'd never do that. Of course not. There's no competition here. Yeah, none at all. And so it, it, within with that in mind, uh, go over and subscribe to Line of Succession. 
That is a podcast feed where we review Succession every week, a wonderful HBO show about a wonderfully broken family as as happy and holistic and kind, holistic, as happy and positive and kind as all of the characters on Ted Lasso are. How did you Uh, successfully finish that sentence? I don't know. I will never know. The yang to the yin of that is definitely Succession. Uh, oh, because God, yes. it, it is as, as happy and positive on this poll as Ted Lasso can be at times. Succession can be the other way. So yeah, we're going to be reviewing Succession every week. At the same time, we're doing this podcast, reviewing Ted Lasso every week. We will also, on Mangum Talk Star Wars, periodically be checking in on Season 3 of The Mandalorian with my guy Grogu, who I will continue calling Grogu. He's the best. Love him. Baby Basically trained Jedi at this point. Just going to be murking people left and right. Can't wait for that. So very busy spring for Mangum Talks. Thanks, everybody. For subscribing to this podcast feed, please subscribe to Line of Succession, Mango Talk Star Wars, any of the other stuff if you want to hear us talk about those shows. Spencer, anything else you want to talk about as we prep, as we go into season three of Ted Lasso? I'm ready to believe. We'll see what happens. I believe too. Thanks, everybody. We'll be with you week by week. Spencer will be leading the recap. I'll come in with uh, T. He does biscuits with the boss. We do best line of the episode. We got segments. Segments galore. It'll be a lot of fun. Episodes will premiere on Wednesday. We will be with you on Friday night, Saturday morning with a new episode. Now, one thing to point out just logistically before I wrap this thing up is that they will be releasing three episodes of Ted Lasso to start this season. One, two, three will be released the first week. That's great for everyone in the world except for us that's kind of <laughs> tough so what we're going to do with that is listens be damned we're going to we're going to we're going to put all that into one episode so what you're going to get from us is a monster jam-packed episode that that following wednesday uh that following friday night saturday morning where spencer will podcast professional that he is recap all three episodes sequentially it's going to be a hell of a feat i can't wait to see it Mm -hmm. and then we will we will basically review in one podcast episode the first three episodes of ted lasso and then just get on our weekly cadence after that so gonna be a lot of fun can't wait for season three thanks spencer for doing the podcast with me thanks everybody for listening we'll be back with you after the premiere of episode one two and three of season three of ted lasso